You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. The U.S. Army bans all use of DJI commercial off-the-shelf drones. We discuss two known unknowns and offer some background on defense acquisition practices. Amazon will begin scanning AWS customers' buckets for publicly accessible data. White Hat hackers offer recommendations for election security. And Marcus Hutchins, a.k.a. Malware Tech, pleads not guilty to Kronos-related charges and makes bail. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, August 7, 2017. The U.S. Army last Wednesday ordered all units to immediately stop using DJI drones. The order, which came to public attention over the weekend, derives from unspecified concerns over cybersecurity, with the directive citing, but not quoting, two classified studies of drone vulnerabilities. DJI, a Chinese firm, had been criticized in the past by consumers for collecting too much about users, including geolocation data. In particular, it required users to report certain information said to be necessary for safer drone flights and better compliance with geofencing. Users who elected not to provide the information would find that their drones would be either severely limited in range and endurance or disabled entirely. Exactly what worries the U.S. Army is unspecified, but speculation centers on two possibilities. Either the risk of collection against army operations by a Chinese company that could presumably share the information gathered with its government, or the possibility of drones being disabled remotely by either the vendor or hackers. Such concerns are, of course, not mutually exclusive. The order to take the drones out of service came last week from the G357, the Deputy Chief of Staff Operations, Plans, and Training. It was explicit and peremptory. All DJI products are to be taken out of service from drones to software to controllers and down to the batteries that power them all. So what, you might ask, is the U.S. Army doing buying drones from a Chinese manufacturer? This is perhaps worth a quick explanation in terms of the U.S. government's acquisition system. It's been pointed out in coverage of the incidents that these are COTS purchases. They're purchases of commercial off-the-shelf systems. There is no program of record buying commercial drones from China or elsewhere. That is, there's no acquisition program that appears in the Future Years Defense Plan, the so-called FIDIP, through a Program Objective Memorandum, POM, that makes the program a line-item record in the defense budget. Programs of record are the sorts of acquisition programs through which tanks, attack helicopters, and the like are acquired. It's been recognized for some time that the defense acquisition process, while admirably suited to buying big, long lead-time items surrounded by plenty of watchdogs and litigation—think shipbuilding, for example— 
is less suitable for buying things whose technology evolves rapidly, are relatively inexpensive, and probably don't require extensive militarization. So notoriously, IT purchases have tended to be encumbered rather than facilitated by the acquisition system. In areas where civilian technological development outpaces military development, it makes sense to authorize quick purchases of relatively low-cost items. Drones are a good example, and DJI drones, also called quadcopters, they carry cameras mostly for photographers and hobbyists. They can be bought online for between $500 and $3,000. DJI drones were COTS purchases. Two interesting questions remain open. First, what vulnerabilities is the U.S. Army worried about? And second, why does the ban cover just DJI? Why would their products be particularly objectionable? There are lots of other photo drones out there of comparable performance and price, and many of those are made in China too, but the G3 singled out DJI for mention in dispatches. The story is developing. Turning to data breaches, it's been noted that many of this year's high-profile incidents have so far been cases of inadvertent exposure of databases stored in clouds. In particular, customer misconfigurations of Amazon Web Services S3 buckets have embarrassed users across several sectors, political consulting, journalism, government contracting, and so on. While properly configuring your data buckets is the data owner's responsibility and not the cloud provider's, Amazon is working to lend a helping hand by scanning for publicly available S3 buckets and asking the bucket's owners if they really do want their data to be generally available. White Hats, who looked at voting machine vulnerabilities for the recent conferences in Las Vegas, have recommended ways of making elections more secure. Wired distilled their suggestions into a five-step path to more secure elections. First, retire old, outdated, and vulnerable machines. Second, secure registration systems and voter databases. Third, require security audits of any polling system that uses electronic voting machines. Fourth, make patching machines easier. Loosen up procurement rules and practices if that's necessary to getting upgrades done. And fifth, improve poll workers' training to make them more alert for election hacking. Marcus Hutchins, a.k.a. Malwaretech, the researcher credited with inadvertently flipping WannaCry's kill switch, is out on bail after pleading not guilty in a U.S. court. He was arrested by the FBI in Nevada last week after attending DEFCON and Black Hat. He's facing charges related to creation and distribution of the Kronos banking trojan. Prosecutors say that Hutchins admitted developing Kronos, but that was before he lawyered up and pled not guilty. They also allege that he was involved in offering Kronos for sale in various dark web markets. The case is likely to set important precedents for vulnerability research. Lawyers who've written about the case comment that the prosecution has what they characterize as an aggressive theory of the crime. Security researchers think that theory sufficiently aggressive to chill legitimate vulnerability research including developing proof-of-concept exploits, writing innocent code that criminals could obtain and repurpose, engaging with black and gray hats in various online venues, and so on. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. 
Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Dale Drew. He's the Chief Security Officer at Level 3 Communications. Uh, Dale, great to have you back. Um, You know, we see from time to time people have this notion that organizations should be allowed to hack back. When someone comes at them, they should be able to uh, not only to defend, but to strike back. What's your take on this? I, you know, I think, I think hacking, I think the idea of hack back is a signal of the frustration that we cannot solve this bad guy problem as quickly as as uh, we need to and so you know it's it's intended to put the tools in the hands of the victim uh, so that they can go back to the uh, the system that is breaking into them, get access to that system, remove the application that's attacking them, and potentially either delete or recover data that's been stolen from them. You know, so for example, there's uh, there's a uh, Tom Graves who was uh, uh, a Republican out of uh, Georgia has introduced a bill in Congress called uh, the Act of Cyber Defense Certainty, and this this isn't the first hackback legislation that's been proposed, but mm-hmm. it was one that was sort of uh, released as the result of the impact of WannaCry. My my biggest concern about things like you know hackback uh, legislation is just the law of of unintended consequences. Right. You know, as an example. When you're getting attacked by a system and you now have the cover, the legal uh, cover, to be able to break into that system the same way the bad guy did and be able to stop the attack, you don't know the system you're breaking into. You don't know the purpose that this system is is doing. Uh, So you don't know if it's a medical device. You don't know if it's a mission-critical system. And then you're relying on the forensic capability of the victim to be able to figure out which application and which user is causing the damage. And you're giving them the authority to alter that system. You're giving them the authority to to kill the application or delete the user or alter the system state so no one else can break in, as well as deleting data that you believe might might be your data. But who knows what you're actually potentially deleting on the system? And so one is, you know, what happens when you put that sort of power and authority into someone else's uh, hands and they cause unintended consequences. Because the bad guy is breaking into somebody else's computer to break into yours. And so you're going to break into that other company's computer to to try to stop it. But you could be causing damage. 
The other one is, while that might be eventually legal in the U.S., you might be accessing systems outside the U.S., and so you don't know where your legal authority begins and ends because the Internet is a global apparatus. It's not a U.S.-based apparatus. You might be legal in the U.S., but breaking the law internationally. And if you cause damage on that computer uh, internationally, you're liable for it, where the bad guy is liable for it only if they can get caught. You're liable for it because you're doing it under the color of law, apparently the color of law. Uh, And then the last one that I'm worried about is just this sort of uh, ambiguous definition of an attack. How do you distinguish the notion of you defending your infrastructure from being attacked by doing a a hackback versus a cyber attack against your competitors claiming that they attempted to break into you? So this this could get people a license to be able to justify breaking into other other people's computer systems uh, in claiming that, uh, you know, I got port scanned by somebody or somebody went to my web page and it was really suspicious. And so I'm hacking back and it turns out that it was a competitor. So I think this really opens the door to a significant amount of unintended consequences that will not really move us forward in evolving our security capability of stopping the bad guys. Dale Drew, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. 
SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. <laughs> 